What's up, everyone, and welcome back to the Locked On Diamondbacks podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. You're listening to Miller Thomas, current student at the Walter Cronkite School of Journalism at Arizona State University. If you want to see some of my work, you can check out my website, millerthomas24.myportfolio.com. On there, you can see my work, like the packages I shoot, the articles I write, the photos I take, and the graphic design I create. Now, as always, we got a packed show for you guys today. For segment number one, we're going to continue our Spotlight Player series. We'll talk about Archie Bradley today. I know you guys love some Archie Bradley talk. So we'll break down his 2019 season and look ahead to what he can provide for the Diamondbacks in the 2020 MLB season. And then for segment number two today, it's Fastball Friday. So I'll be bringing the heat and just letting some of my opinions. Uh, I'll be rattling off some of my opinions that I have for you guys today as the Diamondbacks enter the regular season pretty soon. And as they start spring training tomorrow with their first game, uh, Alex Young is going to be pitching in that. So you guys are definitely going to want to check out the D-backs tomorrow if you're itching for some baseball action. And then at the end of segment number one today, it's going to be our last Fantasy Minute sponsored by Lee Kamish while I'll break down a Arizona Diamondback, who I think you should be taking or staying away from in your 2020 MLB fantasy draft. But first, if your company's interested in reaching men between the ages of 18 and 44, your company should be sponsoring this podcast, Locked on Diamondbacks, is listened to by 98% men and 80% between the ages of 18 to 44. So if you want to reach men between 18 and 44, this is your spot. Plus, our rates are the most reasonable around. Email me at LockedOnDiamondbacks at gmail.com to find out more. Now, as promised for segment number one today, we're going to be talking about Archie Bradley. Archie Bradley. I don't even have to really get into who this guy is. You guys know who Archie Bradley is. He's been a fiery character here in the Valley, even more fiery than the sun who always rains down on Phoenix. And uh, Archie Bradley has been a fan favorite, has a lot of personality, big beard, recognizable face of the franchise. So not the most recognizable, but definitely a face of the Arizona Diamondbacks franchise. And he had a pretty good 2019 MLB season with the D-backs. It was pretty up and down. He had a 3-5-2 ERA. He pitched uh, he pitched 71 innings. His strikeout per nine was 10.9. And he's only 27 years old, so he's still pretty young in the prime of his career. He was drafted in 2011, the seventh overall pick by the D-backs out of high school. So this guy, you know, he had a lot of hype coming out, uh, coming out of high school. Big flamethrower, you know, likes to bring the heat. That's why he's a reliever right now. And he's, I think so far, he's lived up to pretty good expectations. Being the seventh overall guy, you probably want to be more than a relief pitcher. But if you are, you want to be at least a dominant closer. And I think that's where the D-backs want to see Archie Bradley. I think they envision him as a closer. Even though he, he doesn't have the track record of a closer, he really only closed the last season at the end of last season. 
en route to 18 saves for the D-back. So closing is something he still needs more experience in. I like Archie Bradley more as a setup guy myself. If you look at that 2011 MLB season, that magical run that Archie Bradley had, where he had a 1.7 ERA, 1.73 ERA in 2017, he was mainly a setup man. Came in mostly in the eighth inning to set up the closer that season, and he was just dominant. He didn't make the All Star team, but he finished 20th. An MVP voting, which is pretty phenomenal for a guy who's not even a closer. One, he's not a position player, so he's not playing every day. Second, he's not even a starter like Clayton Kershaw, so he's not getting the ball every fifth day and controlling most of the game. And then third, he's not even the closer. He he wasn't the guy who comes in and ends the game and finishes it on the high note. He came in and set up that guy and still finished 20th in MVP voting. That just lets you know how dominant of a season it was for Archie Bradley. I think Archie Bradley can get back to that level of dominance. We saw a lot of it last season, that level of dominance. He was just pretty inconsistent. He really just had a two-month stretch where he just couldn't, couldn't get anybody out. He couldn't get runners off the base paths. Um, if you look at his splits by month by month, in uh, June and May, if you take those two months and combine the ERA, it's above a 7. But if you look at every other month and combine those ERAs, it's below a 2. So he had a two-month span, two straight months, where he just couldn't get anybody out. Over May and June, Bradley gave up 32 hits, walked 16 batters, and gave up 20 earned runs in just two months. He only had like 25 innings pitched. So he was almost giving up a run an inning, and he was giving up nearly two base runners an inning. So if you're a relief guy, you can't be coming in just putting guys on base and letting the other team score. No one wants to see that from their relief guy. But Archie Bradley was able to figure it out and get out of his slump. He he credited a lot of that to Mike Hazen and Tori Lovello because Archie Bradley knew the way he was pitching, it was a possibility that he could be sent back to the minors, to AAA. And when you're a guy who had already so much uh, major league pitching time and service in the majors, there's not a lot of options for you in the minors, especially if you don't uh, contribute in the minors. If you continue to struggle in the minors as well, your career is going to start going downward fast. I mean, you could look at like Rusty Castillo or for the Red Sox or Yasmani Tomas, they both had some success at the major league level. Yasmani Tomas more than Rusty Castillo, but they're both struggling to get back to the majors just because they can't perform consistent, uh, consistently. And that's what Archie Bradley was scared of. He knew for two months straight he just couldn't get anybody out. He even said at one point he was the last man out of the bullpen. At one point... He fell from the heights of that 2017 MLB season when he was arguably the greatest reliever in the game to last season when at one point he wasn't even the first, second, third, fourth, or fifth guy out of the bullpen. At one point it was, oh, after we exhaust all our other options, then maybe we'll bring Archie Bradley in to close. But recently on Arizona Sports, they had Archie Bradley on to talk about how he was able to overcome those struggles he faced in that two-month span over May and June. And he said it was a conversation he had with Tori Lovello and Mike Hazen on why he was able to get out of it. This is what Archie Bradley had to say. He said, they pulled me in and were straight up like, look, it's bad right now. 
No one cannot, can deny that, but going to AAA is not the answer for you. When you're right, you're an A-plus top reliever in the game. So how do we get you back there? That is what Mike Hazen and Tori Lovello said to Archie Bradley. You're an A-plus top reliever in the game when you're on. How do we get you back there? Luckily for, luckily for the D-backs, Archie Bradley was able to get back there. He put a string together of some dominant months. Even one month, he gave up no runs over the course of like nine innings pitch. So he ended the season so strong. And because of Greg Holland's struggles, the D-backs eventually promoted to Archie Bradley to the closer. And he was actually able to end the year with 18 saves, which is pretty phenomenal when you think about just how much he struggled over those two months. But Archie Bradley was able to finally put it together by the end of the season and show everyone what he was capable of after showing that level of dominance in the 2017 MLB season. And I think Archie Bradley could start to come back to that 2017 MLB season in the 2020 MLB season. And if he does, then I think he might be a guy who might be a trade candidate for the D-backs during the MLB trade deadline because I think he could be a hot commodity for for a contender looking for the back end of that bullpen help. Or I think if he does have that bounce back season where he can go back to that 2017 form or get at least 90% of it, then I think he could be a guy who stays here for the long term and can really solidify that back end of the bullpen that the Diamondbacks that the D-backs really need because I would say their back end of the bullpen is probably the weakest position, and they're really relying on Archie Bradley to solidify it for the team. Now, it's time for the Fantasy Minute, sponsored by Lee Kamish. And on this Fantasy Minute, I'm going to talk about a guy who I just talked about, Archie Bradley. He's someone I think you should be taking in your 2020 MLB Fantasy Draft just because he really... Even after his consistency last year, he still ended the year strong, and I think he will continue to build on that in the 2020 MLB season, whether that's with the Diamondbacks or another organization if he does get traded. And then he was able to bounce back after that, tw- uh, after that two-month span, which I think just shows his resilience. He has that 2017 MLB campaign under his belt, so you know how dominant he can be. Even the year prior to 2019, he was still pretty solid, had like another 3.6 ERA. So he's never been bad during any of his time in the majors. And he's a strikeout artist. That's what he likes to do. His strikeouts per nine is usually above 10 because he likes to attack hitters, get ahead in the count, and then put them away. And if he is the closer this year for the D-backs, because that's what it looks like right now, those extra saves are just going to be even more fantasy points for you. So I think the strike. So I think when you combine the strikeouts, the saves, and the potential low ERA, Archie Bradley is a guy who should be on your radar and someone you might think about taking in your 2020 MLB fantasy draft. Now you guys are going to want to stay tuned for segment number two today because it's Fastball Friday. So I'm so I'm going to be bringing the heat with some of my opinions after this quick message. What are you doing for the game? Whether you're the casual follower, the tweets everything person, the beginner, the diehard, the stat nerd, the smack talker, the appetizer guy, the couldn't care less, or the makes everything into a competition person, we all have our place in the sports world. The same personalities apply to fantasy sports. 
and league commission exists to ensure your fantasy sports experience is the best one for you. We match managers to leagues as we lay the foundation for your new league. It's as easy as sign up with your preferences, get matched, and approve of that match before any commitment on your end. Sign up with League Commission by February 29th and receive 15% off by entering in the code LOCKEDON in the referred by section of the sign-up form. The first 25 people to sign up using our code receive their first match free. So, what are you doing for the game? Find your next fantasy sports league at leaguecommish.com. Welcome back, everyone, for segment number two today on the Locked On Diamondback Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. It's Fastball Fridays! Yes, I don't know how well that one was. You guys can let me know. But it's Fastball Friday, so I'm going to be bringing the heat on some opinions, some topics, and some takes that I have for you guys. So let's jump right into it. First up on this Fastball Fridays, I think the Arizona Diamondbacks will be second in the NL and sending guys to the All-Star game. I think they're only going to be, excuse me, behind the Los Angeles Dodgers in terms of sending players to the All-Star game. I think the Diamondbacks have a real chance of sending three to four guys to the game. If I had to pick them, it would probably be Ketel Marte. We know what he did last season. He was an All-Star last year. Top five in MVP voting. So if he could put another phenomenal campaign together like that, I think he'll be another uh, shoo-in for the All-Star game. I'm going to have to put Madison Bumgarner as an All-Star too, probably. If he can pitch pretty close to what he was in San Francisco outside of last season where his ERA is usually around 3-3 to 3-5, another 200 strikeout season obviously won't have 200 strikeouts by the all-star game but on pace for over 200 strikeouts then I think he will probably be another guy on the D-backs who'll be sent to the all-star game then I think Starling Marte could be another one he's already been a couple a multi-time all-star with the Pittsburgh Pirates so I think he could get back to that form he's usually around 290 25 home runs 25 steals and 80 ribbies, 80 runs. So if he if he's on pace to do that again next season, then I think he will be an all-star as well. So I think those three are probably my favorites to be all-stars. And then I would have to put Eduardo Escobar as a hot candidate to make the all-star team. He had a pretty good case last season to make the all-star team with those 35 home runs. So if he could be around that home run mark again, stay above 270 with the batting average and continue to drive uh, guys continue to drive guys home, then I think he will definitely be a hot candidate to be an all-star. And then my dark horse on the D-backs to be an all-star this season is actually going to be David Peralta. David Peralta has some uh, a couple of pretty good seasons with the Arizona Dimebacks already. A couple of campaigns where he batted, uh, where he hit 30 home runs. He hit 30 home runs back in 2018. He's never been an all-star, but that season he had 30 bombs. Plus, he batted 290 with 87 ribbies. So those numbers are good enough for an all-star campaign. So if he's unmarked, on pace at least, to do that again this upcoming season, then I think he has a chance to be an all-star as well. 
So those are three guys who I think are favorites. Another guy who has a really good chance. And then you got a guy in David Peralta, who is a dark horse guy to make the all-star team. Second up on this Fastball Fridays, I think the D-backs will start the season pretty hot out the gates. I think they'll probably win three of their first four series. And I think they would probably win probably, I would say, 10 of their first 15 games. If you look at the, uh, the teams that the D-backs play to start the year, they first their first series against the Miami Marlins. So we know the Marlins' history the past, what, 15 years or more? The Marlins have been irrelevant in baseball for almost two decades now. So we're not worried about them. Then they played the Twins next. The Twins had a pretty good season last year. But I'm just not a big believer in the Minnesota Twins. They're always a team that sometimes they come out and they're pretty good. Sometimes they play above their heads. But they're never really a great team. They're never a team you're truly scared of. They never are viewed as a true World Series contender. So I think that's definitely a team who's probably better than what most people expect or think. But still not good enough where I think they're going to be overly dominant against the D-backs or where the D-backs are outmatched in that series. So I'll pick the D-backs to win two out of three against the Twins as well. Then up next, they play the Giants after that. I think the Giants are going to be just shot in the heart when they see Madison Bumgarner pitching against them. They're going to be too devastated to do anything. And I don't think the uh, the Giants are just that good of a team anyway. I think they're probably the third or fourth best team in their own division. So I would pick the D-backs to win that series as well. And then the series after that is against the Philadelphia Phillies. The Phillies were a pretty inconsistent team last year. They have Bryce Harper, but obviously it didn't mean too much of the overall success of the team. I think the Phillies had some good additions this offseason, but they're still a team I'm not fully in on yet. I think they're still maybe a piece away from really truly contending, but they might make the playoffs this year. I just don't think they have a deep playoff run in them, but against the D-backs, I'll still pick the D-backs to play pretty well against the Philadelphia Phillies. That's definitely a team I don't think the D-backs should be scared of. And I think they'll definitely have a chance to win that series as well. So when I look at the Marlins, Twins, Giants, and Phillies, I can see the D-backs taking at least three out of four of those series and coming out the gates pretty hot to start the 2020 MLB season. Now that's it for today's podcast. That's it for Fastball Fridays. Thank you guys for listening. Remember, if your company is interested in reaching men between the between the ages of 18 and 44, your company should be sponsoring this podcast. Locked on Dimebacks is listened to by 98% men and 80% between the ages of 18 to 44. So if you want to reach men in that age range, this is your spot. Plus, our rates are the most reasonable around. Email me at LockedOnDiamondbacks at gmail.com to find out more. Now, thank you guys for listening today. Thank you for tuning in all week. We had another great week of shows today, so go back and listen to that if you've missed any. And then the D-backs are actually going to be playing their first game tomorrow. Alex Young is going to be starting, so you guys are not going to want to miss that if you have an itch to watch some D-backs baseball. And I just want to give one final thank you to everyone who tuned in this week. Peace.